Hi there. Hello. Welcome to our very first extra episode of the show. It's time for the bonus tracks with bonus boys. I don't know why I said it like that. (laughs) We can be the bonus boys. I'd be fine. I'll get that tattooed above, like, on my lower back. Yeah. Tramp stamp. Yeah. Bonus boy. Bonus boy. All right. Well, what are we doing today, good sir? So, as we've talked about in the past, uh, we thought it would be fun to create a proper episode ranking for the episodes that we've already done, and then we will start adding to that with new episodes. To make the Let's Get Spooked super mega TV anthology horror tier list. Yeah, yeah. So that way you can know all the best episodes of all the shows. According to us. (laughs) Another objective. Okay, yeah, sorry. All of these opinions are not opinions, sorry. These are facts. (laughs) 100% facts. You know why? Why is that? Because they don't care about people's feelings. Oh, hi, Ben. It's nice to see you. <laughs> Let's say, hypothetically, you hosted a horror podcast. Oh my god. <laughs> I've been... Li- okay, no, I won't get into that. I'll, I'll save that for when we talk about our own shit. Okay, would we like to start? Yeah, uh, so super quick, just before I wanted to... Uh, we've already talked about this, yeah. but I thought we should clarify our sort of like position on how we want to do this. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, more or less, the rule of the game is that any episode can get to a high spot or end up in a low spot for any potential reason. Like, we aren't going to grade every episode by the same metrics. I think every episode, especially since we want to grade every episode on its own merit, so especially because we've designed the show to jump from series to series, we thought it made a lot of sense to come up with a system that allowed for tonal whiplash because that is what we're doing that is we are tonal whiplash in a yeah the form of a podcast exactly so i thought it made a lot more sense if we graded each episode based on its own successes and failings rather than in relation to one another so just because we like one episode ironically and we think that's really entertaining it could end up at number one but an episode that is genuinely really good could also end up at number one yeah we're not we're being extremely arbitrary which is how you know that it is an objective opinion one or 100% fact correct <laughs> i i made sure to bring out my chisel and my hammer because these are being set in stone oh <laughs> fucking jesus all right <laughs> so i well uh, we've all we've covered at this point is are you afraid of the dark season 1 so let's correct. do that yeah and then at the end of subsequent episodes we will figure out where they're placed in relation to the list we already have. Right. Uh, So we're just going to go through these one by one for this little mini episode and figure out where they line up for Are You Afraid of the Dark Season 1? And then starting with our next episode, we will determine where episode one of Tales from the Crypt ends up at. And we'll just Mm -hmm. keep going from there. Yeah. It's going to get long. Very not after tales from the crypt just because though that first season only has six episodes but it's gonna yeah. get long eventually yes <laughs> so. exactly okay right. uh, so we'll just start at episode one yeah the tale of the phantom cab oh christ on a bike episode, <laughs> man. <laughs> like i fucking like looking back on it now i was so bored <laughs> i was like this is a horrible <laughs> episode to start a podcast with because usually you'd want to like be really invested in what you're covering but i was like fuck 
Like, other than Dr. Vink. Dr. Vink was very good. Like, Dr. Vink was good, and obviously there was, like, a lot of, uh, like, ironic enjoyment to come out of, like, what, what was it? Denny and whatever the other brother's oh, name fuck, was. fuck, it was Denny and some... Bobby or something. Yeah, something I don't like remember. That. Uh-huh. So, like, those were really funny because <laughs> they had all those great uh, line reads, like, we can double back and take the red trail. <laughs> right. That fucking kid who definitely could not act. A hole! <laughs> <laughs> A hole! <laughs> yeah, yeah. I love it. Like, it was Denny and Buzz. Denny and Buzz, yes. Correct. Who were the Right, right, because I thought their name should have been uh, swapped around because Buzz sounds like a mean kid name because of Home Alone. Right. Cause, oh, because of Home Alone, of yep. course. Yeah. And Denny, I associate with the room, so. Hi, Buzz Denny. Seems yeah. way more like Denny from the room than yeah. Denny in the uh, Are You Afraid of the Dark episode did. Right. Um, the actual plot of the episode itself was quite boring. It didn't get to the cab part until near the end. Yeah. And the part where he had his like jerk off hand in the jar was weird and it made me uncomfortable. I need a sample. <laughs> Oh, yes, the sample. Come. It's what it is. 100%. Probs. Um, yeah, so I feel like we should keep it low. Yeah, I would say for now, I mean, I guess right this second, it would be at number one, but it will be lower. How many? Is it 13? Yeah. 13. So right? for now, okay, I'm going to yeah, put yeah. Phantom Cab at 13. Okay. I suspect it likely won't move much. <laughs> I, it, probably not. I don't... There might be one episode that's worse, but I, we'll get there. Mm-hmm. All right. Episode two, The Tale of Laughing in the Dark. I, I don't like this one, but it is one of the more iconic episodes of Are You Afraid of the Dark? Because a lot of people know what it is. Yeah, although I don't feel... In the same way that I don't feel pressed to continue traditions that I don't care about. Right. I'm not worried about rating episodes because they're classic or something. Like, if we end up watching that uh, uh, Twilight Zone episode where, like, everyone's disfigured, but the one lady, but she thinks that she's a mutant or whatever, and we decide that it's dog shit, even though it's considered, like, an all-time classic, like, tough titties. <laughs> mm-hmm. I guess, yeah. Um, I feel like also one of the reasons is a lot of people know <laughs> this one just because of... Uh... Of Jonathan Tronathan. Jonathan Tronbon. Because mm-hmm. that was in his episode of On Are You Afraid of the Dark? Which, Jonathan, I forget, there was a funny tweet, and I can't remember what he said. Not him. It was <laughs> something about him, but I can't remember. But I would rate this episode higher than Phantom Cab. For now, we'll do it in reference oh, definitely. to the episodes that we have right now. Mm-hmm. And then, obviously, that'll be put more in context over time but right right i would rate this episode higher explicitly because of josh's performance oh yes 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 awful oh, uh god a character named ouija ouija um the cool camera tricks which were legitimately dope oh the fucking garbage can transition i remember that shit that was wicked yeah, as hell the, the the it had like a couple fun transitions the fucking Zebo zone which we oh, went off on for forever that's gonna be merch if we ever get merch level podcast oh, that's Zebo zone shirt asap oh 100 and uh i i just had a good time with that episode like that one was super fun i think i liked it a lot more just because the one we had just watched before that was kind of shit for sure um for sure but it wasn't that bad i think it i at least for now let's put laughing in the dark above phantom cab yeah put it at like 12 all right 
So, episode three, Tale of the Lonely Ghost. Oof. The fucking bag lady. The, 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 the dirty child ghost. Oh, oh, the dirt child. <laughs> the dirt child. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Iconic. I think this one is fucking hilarious. I told you about how I rewatched these back in college. Yeah. So, I think when I rewatched it, I was approaching it from an angle of, like, trying to take them all at, like, as though there was, like, going to be some sort of tonal consistency. Like, not necessarily taking them all seriously. No. But trying to sort of, like, take them in a somewhat more serious manner and, like, evaluate them as stories exclusively. But Mm -hmm. upon our rewatching, like, that episode was a fucking blast. Cousin Beth. My god. A revelation. She is my lifeblood. I I I love her. For how fucking horrible she is. I would say out of this season... She is the only thing that if someone, like, unironically called her a tour de force, I could agree with. Honestly, yeah. Gun to my head, favorite character in the first season of Are You Afraid of the Dark? It's Cousin Beth. Oh, yeah. So, right now, this one, I think, has to be at number 11. Mm-hmm. But, like, it, it's just so good. <laughs> it's super fucking funny. It's, like, the actual plot itself... The line reads are great. Amanda was precious. Yeah. If you're looking directly at the like plot itself, it's like whatever. But the the yeah. framing around it of like Beth and her fucking cronies being really bad and stupid. Oh, I was just reminded of my my uh other than just Beth's standalone lines, my favorite uh piece of like actual dialogue mm-hmm. in the episode was when Beth is telling the story about the girl. And she says, people were scared of her because she couldn't talk. And it's like, why couldn't she talk? Yeah. It doesn't She just couldn't. And then the one friend chimes in and she's like, maybe she was deaf. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Just listen. <laughs> she's, she's, stop interrupting my story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, it's fucking great. Thus far, top of the list. <laughs> Oh, 100%. I would put, yeah, Lonely Ghost, definitely number one for now, anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I have, I'm just going from the bottom. So we've got Phantom Cab at 13, Laughing in the Dark at 12, and Lonely Ghost at 11. Okay, so we're just going to build straight up and then move it around? Yeah, yeah. Okay, As we, like, see fit. As we continue on. I figure that's more interesting. Yeah, that makes more sense. Okay, next episode. The Tale of the Twisted Claw. Twisty Claw. Holy shit. Twisty Sisty. Twisty Sisty. Um, My favorite metal band. A pretty... If this this is the right episode that I'm thinking of, right? Um, the one with Dougie. Yeah. Dougie. Yeah, so it's it's a kind of bare bones take on the whole monkey's paw thing. Yeah. Uh, I think Dougie was pretty funny. Some of the character work was alright. It's got Bostick. Oh, Bostick, the fucking runny boy. And <laughs> the runny boy! <laughs> I mean, what else did he have? I feel like the runny have? boy is how I would describe that kid from uh, Zelda Wind Waker that has the snot nose. I feel like that's <laughs> the runny, runny boy. boy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I always called him Snot Man. That's great. But, uh, even though he's like five. <laughs> whatever. Yeah. He gives the presence of a man. Mm-hmm. Like, th- there were some good moments. Like, that part where the where I think it was Kevin was like, Oh, your folks this, your folks that. I wish you would just lose your folks. And it's like, whoa. It's like, ah, uh, it's like, ah, uh, you keep talking about your parents. I wish they would die. Like that's yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Like, and there's oh. that completely incoherent dog sequence. Right. The like it does. The shots are so weird. Yeah. And it just does not convey. Also, a quick little actor fun fact. I don't know if I mentioned this in the episode or not. Uh, the guy who plays Bostic, same guy who plays Denny. What? In the Phantom Cab. Yeah. Holy shit. Right? What a difference it makes when he doesn't talk. <laughs> yeah, honestly. And he's got, like, oh, blonde shit. hair this time. I don't know, because he looks a lot older. As Denny, or... No, as um as Bostic, I think anyway. Oh. I don't remember what Bostic even looks like, other than he had a like a mane of golden hair. Yeah, he kind of looks like like a Nazi's wet dream. Like... <laughs> I thought you were gonna say he kind of looks like Danny. <laughs> <laughs> he kind of, yeah, I mean, yeah, I guess. He yeah, looks like Danny, huh? Hmm. Yeah, but I mean, does Bo- Bostic doesn't even get like a line really? He yeah, just kind of yeah. has a face, and the guy's like, oh, I fucking hate that prick. Yeah, he just has a face, uh, a dog attack, and a charming name to say. Yeah, the dog attack. Oh, the dog attack. Yeah, I don't know. I'd probably... I I think I'd put it above... I feel like, sorry, sorry. I, I, no, I just, I'm just trying to con- think of my thoughts here. I mean, I feel like, at this point, I like it more than Phantom Cab, so I feel like it. right now, it's more us determining where it falls in regards to laughing in the dark because i mean it's definitely not better than lonely yeah. ghost there's just no fucking way i would probably say below laughing in the dark definitely only because i feel like josh's performance and like ouija you know all those little things we just talked about are more enjoyable than what uh like like there's good stuff with dougie and uh kevin but yeah it's just a bit too simple i think yeah and like i don't think it's as like distinctive or characterful or whatever as as the zebo zone yeah or like you know there's that whole thing with like the pudding footprint and shit that like oh right and that balloon under the door yeah there's lots of weird set pieces randomly acquiring cigars like yeah Yeah, the spaghetti scene that one was also weird yeah so i feel like that stuff ends up making uh laughing in the dark feel far more memorable and enjoyable either in a genuine sense or an ironic sense than twisted claw at least in my book Mm -hmm. yeah that makes sense so next one tale of the hungry hounds hungry hounds caught me off guard i think I don't think I was expecting it to be, like, I was expecting it to be not scary. And it, it isn't really scary. But that last... But it's more scary than any other episode we had watched up to that point. Mm-hmm. Because, I don't know, there's the shots of the dogs, and... I think the third that's really that it, episode honestly. is, like, really effective. Because I remember right? both of us having a point. I, I specifically noted it, like, I, I wrote it down in my notes, where it was like, wait, when did this episode get tense all of a sudden? I, you gotta felt it, right? Like, yeah, like, there was a very clear, like, as soon as you got to that barn, th- something flipped, and all of a sudden, th- how, I don't even know exactly how, but, like, the tension, maybe it was the music, maybe it was all of a sudden the performances just, like, leveled up or something, but mm-hmm. all of a sudden, like, you felt a very clear difference in tone and atmosphere, and, like, 
the whole vibe just like shifted yeah. you're like whoa up to that point i don't know about the rest of the series really but at that at that moment when we reviewed that episode i think that was my favorite in terms of like pure filmmaking if you could call it filmmaking sure um yeah i just i don't know like the first two acts of the episode are kind of boring mm-hmm. there's like some funny stuff from amy and uh yeah and uh what's her face dora uh, or aunt- pam pam is her name yeah yeah aunt dora, dora is the dead is the dead lady yeah um like there's some yeah, fun there's stuff some between if- them but and the horses <laughs> the horses too <laughs> yeah and then she uh there's that part where amy calls her jethro <laughs> she does really call good. her jethro does shuck she? some corn yeah <laughs> it's funny because it's it's very I, I felt very connected to it just because it was like hick canadian Mm-mm. which i knew i know i don't i'm not i'm not gonna defend myself i'm not a hick i promise <laughs> but um i know people and like I've i've been around that for a lot of my life mm-hmm. so i i totally under i, I totally get being bored and like just like fucking around with shit like a ouija board and stuff yeah so and the the ouija board being in french was also very funny to me just just to me in general i forgot about that because i was like oh my god it says like we and no on it instead of yes or no it's fucking great yeah that's a really good point that third act though is generally genuinely sorry genuinely some of the like it was really scary it was really tense like yeah i could picture kids having nightmares about it yeah that 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 uh third act for sure Mm -hmm. because if we felt tense i'm assuming kids would feel terrified yeah because like they don't have that like you know loss of innocence or whatever bullshit you want to call it yeah they haven't been ruined by the world by the internet yeah they haven't found live journal or uh what's sorry live leak not live journal live journal something completely different <laughs> i knew what you meant oh my god yeah uh yeah so i think again i i'm not do you think it would go above lonely ghost no 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 okay i i think beth has a high bar to clear in no, terms of I, like I pure agree, enjoyment I, I feel like at least it's close though i feel like early on early on in this ranking more specifically yeah i think that beth sets the highest bar thus far out of the ones we've already talked about for like comedy and Definitely. so either ironic or genuine like i think she just sets a very high bar in that capacity and so i think she, if she does get beaten out i feel like it's most likely going to be by something that does a very good genuine job yeah it's definitely a better like quality episode it's more of a interesting premise it's more of a better shot episode but beth is just so fucking funny yeah that i didn't enjoy it as much yeah yeah so I, would you say that it's better than laughing in the dark yes i would say so 100 percent. okay um i'm not i'm not positive one way or the other on that could you give me like some of your reasoning in comparison to laughing in the dark i don't know i think um i think dogs was just a really interesting thing to go with 
because it's not like a typical scary thing like you see it every so often like oh big scary dog but like it's not like a main like when you think of like think of the scary things people go clowns that's a typical one people go ghosts monsters shit like that Mm -hmm. um i think using that slightly less common premise was an interesting thing to do and i think that elevates it for me a little bit um there's another thing i wanted to talk about too um oh yeah possession is also creepy Mm -hmm. so like loss of control in terms of someone else's like you know i found that more interesting personally than house of mirrors kind of thing okay yeah yeah i agree so we will move sorry if i'm not very articulate about how i'm feeling about that i'm not a i'm not a smart person just kidding i'm <laughs> Listen, honey, you're perfectly average. Thank you. That's what my mom says. <laughs> just my dad just says he's disappointed. Oh, that's sad. <laughs> uh, oh, okay. All right. Hungry Hounds, we are slotting in at currently number 10. Okay. In second place. I'll just start saying what places things are in. Okay. I feel like it makes more sense than saying constantly shifting numbers right right so next up we have the tale of the super specs super specs is another one of those like gary stories are always fucking good yeah like they're always like a little bit good yeah even least. even the shitty ones which oh we'll get to still yeah, we'll have get like to the shitty ones they still have like stuff worth talking about or like creative choices that are right. interesting and worth talking about, be they for better or for worse. At the very minimum, there is always material, like a, a extra material to be discussed. Right. I really liked this episode just because of like how much I noticed about it. Mm-hmm. Like how much I could like see inside of Gary's head as he's telling it. Oh, like <laughs> in the sense of how uh, he had like that direct allusion to him and... Uh, Kristen? Yeah, like, I, I I don't know. Maybe it was just me, and it was probably not even intentional, but, like, the stuff that I'm like, wow, they're wearing the same outfits, and, like, it's set oh, in yeah. the same magic shop, and, like, they're pretty similar in terms of personality, mm-hmm. and I don't know. I just, I thought it was, also, Sardo, fucking oh, straight that's fire. that's a very good point. Like, what an iconic character. He's in, he's only in eight episodes, but, like, the ones he's in are real fucking, you know, everybody knows who he is. And the, yeah, because, you know, he's one of the few reoccurring characters, but I also think he's one of the few reoccurring characters for a reason. Right. So like statistically he has like odds are you're more likely to see a Sardo episode. But I also think that, you know, if they didn't like him or if he wasn't like super iconic in his early performances, I, you know, I don't think they would have brought him back more than once. Mm hmm. You know, he's got to be reoccurring for a reason. Yeah, I'm sure, because Super Specs is the first episode that he's in. Yeah. And um, I'm sure that that, I don't know, I don't think that Are You Afraid of the Dark had a really big, like, cult following when it was coming out. Sure. I don't I don't know, though. I, I wasn't around then, so. But he's clearly popular enough to put in fucking eight episodes of an anthology show, which is not very common. Yeah. 
I mean, so. it's not common to have reoccurring characters outside of like a host type character or like a narrator right. or something mm-hmm. to begin with. So to have a character who like is yeah. specifically in the stories to also keep making returns, like that's pretty uncommon. Yeah. Like that's like reoccurring actors, sure, but like yeah, like having an actor show up in a different role, sure. But having the same, like, having him play the same guy, like, you don't hear about that. So I think right. that gives it a lot of extra value. Mm-hmm. Dr. Vink is also another reoccurring character. He doesn't show oh, up Oh, yeah, that he often, is. But he is in at least two. But let's think... not kid ourselves. That is not a oh, contest. S- no, no. Sardo is way better than Dr. Not that Vink. you were saying that it was, but... No, yeah. That's all good. Yeah. So yeah. I, so I don't know if I would say that it's better. It's definitely it's not better than Gil Only Ghost in terms of enjoyment, mm-hmm. for sure. I would probably slot it in just behind that, just because I feel like in terms of the genuine episodes, like the episodes that are genuinely effective, I think it is way up there. Like, per- personally, there are some narrative choices that I probably would have gone a different way if I were writing it. But that that's more personal creative stuff and not necessarily like. A, a demerit. Mm-hmm. So I, I would say it's probably like second place currently. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. Okay, let's slot it in there. Just because, like, I was going to talk about how I might have put it lower than Lonely, uh, than the um, Hungry Hounds, but mm. now that I'm thinking about it, Hungry Hounds was really good for the last part and only, like, okay for the rest of it, I think. Right. I think Super Specs is like at pretty averagely good throughout the whole runtime. And yeah. then there's also a twist ending, which is always fun. So I, I think it has higher mids and higher highs than Hungry Hounds did. Mm-hmm. So I would say on like based on its average score, because it's uh, Hungry Hounds was more like a you know like an av- you know it was just hitting like an average plateau for most of its runtime, and then it just spiked like crazy. Right. Whereas I feel like the plateau, even if you don't feel like the ending did much for you personally. I like speaking for like just a general audience. Like if someone felt like uh, the ending of super specs didn't do much, didn't do much for them. I still think that the overall quality of the episode, you know, taking all things into account, it was a higher plateau. Yeah. So even if you feel like the hungry hounds episode, like that spike was higher than the end of super specs. I feel like super specs still averaged out getting a better grade so to speak yeah i agree okay cool so next ooh, next up we got Is captured it... souls baby captured souls man fuck i me okay so this episode is really bad so bad but also i enjoyed it so much it is so fun to watch this is probably the episode where i loved a non-central character way more than i than any of the others had like asked of me because like who's that uh the dad the dad the dad yeah definitely the dad rules like that actor is charismatic he is super really trying like like he's trying and he it genuinely feels while you're watching it like he's trying to be a good dad and you're like yeah hey look at you acting like playing catch with your daughter and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Like all that stuff is great. You're even including the fucking weird kid who like owns the house who just right. kind of hangs around. Like the dad seems like a like more than almost any of these other characters. I would say the dad feels the most like a real person. Like Danny's dad is legitimately fucking cool, and I would want him at a barbecue. Yeah, look at that. I think um, he's great. Also, 
Yeah, he's great. We gotta talk about Peter. Holy shit, of course. Peter Kirlin the third, baby. He is Holy the fuck. episode. He owns that shit. His performance is, like, insanely funny. And it's not intentionally funny, I don't think. But he's also super campy. Yeah. Like, he's just very, like, I don't know flamboyant i guess is the word that i'm looking for yeah yeah like like we talked about in the episode like he does give off and like i'm not trying to say like what the actor's life is like or that this is how all potentially gay men or like effeminate men act or whatever but he does give off that energy and it does make him kind of hard to take as a like not a villain period but as a serious villain it does make it a little challenging when he does not provide enough edge for you to like get enough there's not enough edge to that character for you to feel like there's actually any danger outside of what kiki is telling in her story you Mm -hmm. know right fun facts i just pulled up his imdb he's a production designer now he's definitely gay because he was the production designer on beyonce's lemonade music video super fucking gay and i love it gotta be good for that guy holy shit that's wild i love it oh my god see if you can find a modern photo if he still has the haircut, uh, I'll die. He does not, but I do have a picture. Damn it. Uh, I do have a picture of him with a fucking crazy ass haircut, though. Ooh. He's got, like, not cornrows, but, like, something akin to cornrows. Ooh, spicy. Yeah, spicy. Um, You'll have to he also, later. Oh, he was the production designer on Room. That's crazy. So it's funny you say that, because I, so I actually, uh, occasionally I will re-listen to episodes just to right. see if I can find things that I didn't do great on my editing and that I should improve on and stuff. Um, mm-hmm. Also, still getting used to my recording voice. It's weird. Anyway. It is weird. Not you, uh, prote- like, hearing your own voice. No, it's okay. I know. I sound weird. No, it's not I, I sound read. like a shrill muppet. <laughs> Me and my little Kermit ass. <laughs> so it's funny that you mentioned Room, because I was going to say, like, in, in re- I re-listened to that episode not too long ago, and... I came to realize, I think he's, like, he is the Tommy Wiseau of, or, sorry, the Johnny of Are You Afraid of the Dark, in my opinion, at least for this season. Like, he has that very, like, alien, trying to masquerade as human kind of thing going on. Right. Like, it feels like he has, like, a, maybe, like, an inspiration character in his head of, like, oh, this is sort of what I'm trying to emulate, the vibe, or, you know, like, maybe it's Norman Bates, maybe, you know, it could be anything. Um, right. I would guess Norman Bates, but, you know, it feels like he's got that, but, like, there's just some disconnect in there, because he, he's not getting to whatever it is it feels like he must have had in his head. Yeah. Let's not forget that he has a kill count of 21 men, 15 women, 34 children, and 10 dogs. Oh, yeah, that's a very good point. He killed a lot of children and dogs. Yeah. More children than than adults. Which I think is funny. Not in total, but, like, more than adult men (laughs) and women. Yeah, I I think the implication was that it was, like, families. But even then, like... Still. When you look at the raw numbers, it does look extra heinous. (laughs) Like, if if he showed up on, like, the news... Like, to say that he specifically killed 21 men and, like, 30-something kids, was it? Like, that's... Yikes. (laughs) Yeah. And this this episode is known to be, like, one of the bad ones. It's, like, pretty widely known as, like, one of the shit episodes of Are You Afraid of the Dark. I don't know if I would really agree. Like, in terms of, like, raw quality, yeah, it's not great. Yeah, yeah. But in terms of, like, how much I enjoyed watching it, 
I think it was probably one of the best times I had in the first season of this show. Yeah, for sure. Hands, oh my god. Hands down. Because everything he says was ludicrous. Like, oh, I'm not much of a sportsman. Amazing. <laughs> it's spellbinding, this this kid. His little freakouts about having to take the photos and or like not look at mirrors and shit. The weird flippy outy room. Like watching Danny do pull-ups. I also actually I, I do want to acknowledge I actually really like Danny. Yeah. Like, I, I thought like that Danny she was too. a very fun departure, because most of the characters are, like, super sweet-natured, or, like, really, uh, like, you know, like, rapscallions or whatever. Mm-hmm. So it was really fun to get a character who was just sort of, like, cuts the bullshit and is very matter-of-fact, and is just like, like, what do you want yeah. from me? It was, at up to that point, it was either golden retrievers or fucking assholes. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so to get a character who felt more natural was really nice especially when combined with uh the dad because mm-hmm. i feel like those two actors made like a really i mean the mom didn't get to do a goddamn thing which is unfortunate because she what she did get to do was like fine yeah she, she seemed bad. like she had yeah no she was good but she had um, like two lines and we barely even saw her face <laughs> which sucks yeah um, I, I felt bad for her i i definitely think that captured souls gets a little bit harsher of a rap than it deserves yeah i mean, um, I, I think this comes from that sort of like nostalgia critic type like review culture where people try to talk about things in like an objective like explicitly in the in terms of like logical sense quality level but i think sometimes you also have to acknowledge like the emotional quality of something as well as the Mm -hmm. technical i just realized nostalgia critic is the ben shapiro film reviewers yeah 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 like it's it's that same kind of thing where it's like I will only look at the objective metrics and like whether or not I have an emotional response to this is completely ancillary because I will have emotional responses only because I have like conditioned myself to react to these specific things as positive and these specific things as negative, you know, like like I will react to this positively because I know I'm supposed to think it's good, but like sometimes yeah it's like trying to keep continuity on your own emotions like that's not how that works yeah 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 yes you can't do that shit that's not how human brains work right so to only observe things as like their objective quality i think yes this ends up at the bottom of the heap pretty close Mm -hmm. if not but in terms of how much we enjoyed it oh my god tens yeah it's like probably if not number one, it's pretty fucking close. Yeah, I, I would, I would maybe put it above super specs, or I would definitely hands? put it above super specs. Okay, hungry hounds, yeah. So in second place, yeah. Damn, sorry, hungry hounds, you just got bumped. You just got fucking deleted, <laughs> deleted, deleted. Believe it. <laughs> All right, what is next? Sorry, one sec. I'm just. Oh, no, take your time. I, I basically wrote out all the titles, and I'm just copy and pasting them into the new slots. Um, mm-hmm. Okay, so our top three right now are Super Specs in third, Captured Souls in two, and Lonely Ghost in number one. Okay. So, next is The Nightly Neighbors. The Nightly Neighbors. Okay. Oh, Day Day. Oh, day Day. God. Ugh. Okay. This one, I don't know about this one. Yeah, yeah. There are things that I liked about it, but at the same time, I, I do feel as though it, it's fragments that I enjoy, and then the overall product was just like, eh. 
like this one it's it's more like how they executed certain ideas like when mr braun i think their name was yeah it was braun because it was yeah, supposed it was to sound the like Brahms. Uh, right. So Mr. Braun like gets suspicious that uh, the sister is suspicious of him, and they do that whole weird like fog machine intro thing where he slides in through the window. Yes, and then they just they're like, "Oh no, dream sequence!" Like, fuck you. It's fine. It wasn't true. It wasn't real. Let's fuck you. It, it was so weird. It was very weirdly put together. It's definitely less than the sum of its parts. Yeah. Yeah. Like. There's certain aspects of it that I really liked, and there's, like, the, re- the all of it put together was just like, fuck, this is boring. Yeah. I, I feel like I everything know. I liked about that episode was because it felt so, like, weird and not how I would have expected that episode to be handled. Or just, like, weird set details. Like, that lock that had the super long uh, U shape yeah like the actual clip part yeah it was like super fucking big yeah like it was a lot of that kind of stuff or like when they hide under that uh table and the and mr braun is looking for them in the basement the sister's butt is like hanging and like the entire way out from under the workbench <laughs> ass out from under the table yeah or they could definitely see him yeah or like that scene where uh uh what was his name what was the son's name because he freaked out about it because it sounded like a wrestler uh oh lex, lex. Lex, yeah. yeah yeah so like when they do that scene right at the end with lex and he opens his mouth and he's got like those two big triangle things that yeah. just look like construction paper or like <laughs> probably was it probably was fucking construction or like a milk tab yeah. yeah yeah or it could it could have straight up been like the sides of a milk carton that they just cut out yeah it's just fucking it didn't even look like it had like curvature along his mouth like it looks like they just stuck two white pieces of plastic in his mouth terrible jesus so as far as where this episode stands because i feel like there's genuinely not a whole lot to talk about i would say pretty low i don't know if i'd put it under phantom cab or not um i i would say so phantom cab is in last place but second to last is twisted claw oh that's a hard one i think i enjoyed this one as a little bit more than twisted claw just because i find the premise of this one slightly better yeah it does sort of have that like disturbia uh, rear window kind of thing going for it even though it's handled really poorly mm-hmm. and i didn't like the ending because th- remember they just leave it on that cliffhanger of like oh he's a vampire yeah and then it's just done <laughs> yeah so yeah yeah let's put it uh at third to last uh right above twisted claw right okay so after nightly neighbors uh, uh we have uh tale of the dark music dark music is next okay um huh <laughs> dark music that was the one with the fucking radio in the basement right yeah okay um i liked the bully i really liked him bully fucking good. axel rose looking mother coda is his name yeah yeah, yeah um yeah i thought he was interesting but other than that it was kind of a boring episode i i really like the premise um the execution of like how like the weird doll moment and like the the carnival door was weird i did love the skeleton i do love a puppeteered skeleton (laughs) what's the matter andy don't you want to have some fun (laughs) fucking so good it also sounds just like his sister who is the dirt child Oh right, she is the dirt child. Fuck, I forgot about that. Yeah, I um, 
as I don't know, in terms of where I'd put it, it feels very middle of the road to me. Yeah, like again, I think it has like great premise and there's a few parts of it that work really really well. And I do find it really funny to laugh at Andy and all the weird dumb little decisions that he makes like that time he just like bails on his bike in his driveway for it to just get mm-hmm. like destroyed. This is also um Oh, sorry. No, this isn't Eric's last story, but it's one of his only two. Brutal. Before he le- before he leaves the show. That that is unfortunate. Single tear. <laughs> um yeah, so dark music, I would put uh if we're talking middle of the pack, so the three middle ones right now are Nightly Neighbors at third to last, Laughing in the Dark, and Hungry Hounds are like the middle bunch. Okay. I would put it above Laughing in the Dark, I think. Why do you say that? <sighs> I don't actually, you know what? Now that I think about it. I think Laughing in the Dark is like a slight bit more going for it. I think it has a little bit more of those moments that are like interesting. Because like in general, they're both pretty like there's interesting bits in it. Mm-hmm. And then the rest of it is kind of like meh. But like Laughing in the Dark has a lot of like really good individual moments. Mm-hmm. I'm now doubling back because I would actually probably put it above Laughing in the Dark. If only because I feel like it's genuine moments are stronger than laughing in the dark's ironic moments yeah i would would, would say when it nails it i think it nails it real hard but just everything to do with josh in laughing in the dark is completely absurd yeah um yeah so i'd I'd probably put it above laughing in the dark yeah probably right above though i wouldn't say any further yeah yeah no absolutely because then it's up then it's bumping up against the hungry hounds and like there's no fucking way no definitely not okay uh next up is jake and the leprechaun jake and the leprechaun is probably my favorite I really think. i think so yeah is it just because of uh uh what's this uh sean O'Shaney? yes he's really fucking good he is a high light he actually put in a really decent performance yeah 100 percent agreed maybe still i think still under lonely ghost yeah, I, I would say in terms of, because favorite and best, not the same thing. Um, I would yeah. say definitely high, though. I I would probably say above Hungry Hounds or Super Specs. Maybe Captured Souls. I'd say it's, de- I don't know if it's better than Captured Souls in terms of how much fun I had watching it, but it's definitely better than Super Specs. Okay. In my opinion. Yeah, let's put it up above uh, Super Specs. Just because Sean is such a fucking great actor. Like, he's so good. And there's all those, like, weird unintentional things where, like, it looks like Jake gets slapped in the dick with that garden gate. And it... Yeah. uh, Aaron's, like, weird patch of back hair. The fit we threw about trying to shove his giant uh, banshee ears into those tiny fake ones that he was... (laughs) I know, little fake ears, yeah. I think it just overall executed on what it wanted really well. And one of the other really good highlights was the T like lowering Jake's voice and then him just like freaking out where he's like, my voice changed. I changed. It was scary. <laughs> like, awesome. It's just really good. Really, like, fu- not scary. I don't think it's meant to be though. I think it's just meant to be like a, a whimsical. Yeah, yeah. And, and 
I will say out of like, we haven't really talked about it at all up to this point, but out of the Midnight mm-hmm. Society stuff, I think that was easily one of the best moments for that group. Yeah, because uh, it was about Eric's dead grandpa. Yeah, and I feel like them being there to console him and like be very uh, supportive and stuff, I thought that was mm-hmm. like a really genuine moment for those characters. And I think that's partially why this is less like sinister. Mm-hmm. I mean, the rest of it isn't really that sinister, but like, there's no like nobody dies except yeah. for the demon, and I think it's just like more light in tone because of that reason, and I think that works right. really well for it. Yeah, I agree. Also, the scene where he eats the spiders is really gross, and I think it's oh, uh, yeah. just maybe oh, uncomfortable. Yeah, when he does when they do all the little spell things, and then he's just like, "Okay, bye." <laughs> yeah, he's like, "Have fun. I'm gonna fucking town rules." Peace out. Have fun getting rid of your curse. I'm just gonna yeah. chill. If there was anybody in this Sean. season that I wish could have also been a Sardo type character, it's him for sure. Oh fuck, it would have been so good. Mm-hmm. I wish he could have came back for a couple. Mm-hmm. That would have been iconic. All right, yeah. So definitely, I think we still we put it above Super Specs, right? Yeah, yeah. So it's in third. Okay. Okay. Cool. Now that's I'm comfortable with that. Cool. Okay. So next up. <laughs> next we have the sorcerer's apprentice i love this one really it's the same thing as captured souls not in terms of quality but like the same reason it's not good but because of the performances in it i think it elevates it way above where it would be fucking dean burkham mr fucking dean Mm. hello alex yeah he's just so fucking funny and mrs crenshaw all of those fucking characters in that episode are really funny. Well, and, and like, the fact that he has, like, a group of cronies that are just e-boys, the fact that he serves Quan Chi. Yeah, because Goth is just straight up Quan Chi. Like, 100%. The shitty Cobra staff. Oh, that looked like it was been, it had been bought at a fucking half-spirit Halloween. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, the, the avocado that wasn't an avocado. Oh, yeah, there's a lot of, like, really good moments in that episode, and I think it did what it was trying to do okay. Like, it wasn't the greatest um, execution of that idea. Yeah. I think it was weakened by the reveal at the end that uh, the Doctor was the same girl as the fucking beginning. Yeah, that that opening sequence, they could have used that it time It felt kind of pointless. If Like, you could have just, like, built on Dean and Alex's relationship a little more. Yeah, like show, th- like, show them being friends. Use half of that runtime that getting rid of that opening would have given you, that cold open. Or... If you wanted to keep it a cold open, not a cold open, but like a like a like not connected to the to the school stuff, mm-hmm. show Goth like dying and like being like you'll rue the day or some oh shit my God. like that. Can you I feel like if we saw them do fucking Quan Chi Mortal Kombat shit, like an ancient Babylon setting. Yeah, like the set design for that would have been in. It would have just looked like Indiana Jones in uh, that first Indiana Jones movie. Yeah, like, it, it would have been not great. Super Egyptian, and they wouldn't have even tried. Oh, no, but it would have been fucking great. Yeah, absolutely. Um, As far as placement goes, I would say somewhere middle of the pack-ish. Yeah, so what's what's the middle ones again? So the middle ones right now are uh, Laughing in the Dark at fourth to last, and then above it are Dark Music, Hungry Hounds, and Super Specs. Would you put it below Laughing in the Dark or above? I would put it below. Okay, so I, I also would say below. Uh, Sources Apprentice isn't the worst. But it is pretty, like, yeah. meh. It's not the best. Yeah. And uh, I think Laughing in the Dark has more going for it. And it's in just general. way funnier. Yeah. 
Like that's Zebo, Zebo, Zebo. Stupid. Yeah, that's really dumb. great way. Okay, yeah. so uh, next is uh, the prom queen. Prom queen. This one is a fucking mess, and I kind of hated it to be honest. This with you. one is a clunker. It was slow. It felt kind of pointless. It felt like it didn't have any rules. Uh, what's his name? Date, not Day Day. Uh, like Rad or Ace or something like that. Jam. Jam. His name was there we Jam. go. Yeah, Jam was creepy as shit. Super creepy. Oh my god, he's such a sex pest. Ugh. Also, the guy who played uh the dead girl's boyfriend is the same guy who played Dean in the last in Sorcerer's yeah, Apprentice. Yeah. Oh, and it has that really like obviously TV nineties early 90s specifically like i get it but also like the green screen compositing for when that car drives through the cemetery gate like that was yeah that was wretched it was pretty shit i just felt this one felt all over the place i would honestly it's pretty close to being lower than phantom cab if not lower i would say it's lower than phantom cab 100 percent. yeah you know what i'll 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 say that as well because like it just bored me and it was all over the fucking joint and like it felt like again Kids show, small cast, short episode runtime. Like, even taking all that into account, they blew the load of their mystery of, like, oh, who's the ghost? Like, they blew that in five minutes. Yeah, like, you could tell it was her from the beginning. Yeah, like, as soon as uh, they started talking about the legend or whatever, and she started, the way that she talked, the way that she asked questions, or the way that she asked to, like, get more detail and shit, like, it was abundantly clear what the situation was so it was like okay mm-hmm. now i just have to wait till you you tell me it's, uh, yeah i i just didn't i fucking hated every second of it and it didn't have nearly as many of the little like cutesy fun details that we love to point out and exaggerate right like it just didn't have a lot for us to talk about yeah like it, even if it was like it's bad and it's it doesn't have any of the enjoyable moments that bring the bad shit up to like enjoyable yeah so i just yeah. think it's just straight up bad yeah same so yeah definitely a last place yeah like even phantom cab has those awful hilarious performances yeah to, like, and the props in the fucking cabin yeah, yeah. like those are funny like there's there's parts of the phantom cab that are really interesting to mm-hmm. say the least um and uh prom queen was just not that for me at all yeah speaking of props let's talk about pinball wizard the episode that has Uh, the most props the most set pieces the most everything it's just the most this is the one that i don't think necessarily feels the most like a movie but i feel like it's the one that would be most likely to become a movie yeah it has the most dense plot i would say yeah like it's just it's got a really mostly unnecessarily so but it's got a fairly dense plot it's got a lot of like uh like Chekhov's gun type things like it actually plans ahead on like pointing out certain details and then delivers on it which like i don't think is the most important thing but most of these Mm -hmm. episodes don't do that at all right which i say partially to its credit but also it kind of feels like this episode bit off more than it could actually chew in some ways yeah i think a part of the reason why i enjoyed it a little bit more than i thought i would this is probably a pretty stupid reason there was no random cut to the midnight society in the middle of the story hmm there's no breaking of any tension there like it just keeps going yeah um 
and i think that was part of the reason why i was like kind of more gripped by it than i was any other episode sure sure um, um I that w- seems like kind of a bullshit reason but no no that's i think that's valid mm-hmm. um no reason not to mention it uh mm-hmm. along with that i would say that or i do think there's something to be said about the fact that more than any other episode i found this one's mechanics the hardest to like wrap my head around as fast as i feel like i should have been able to i didn't really get it until the end <laughs> like about what the fuck was going on and yeah. like the rules of everything well because like some of them were like like even so uh to like you know super quick 30 second recap if not shorter uh like all of those elements of the pinball table start showing up at the mall right but some of them are interpreted really literally and then others are interpreted in a very abstract kind of way like the zombies are just like g-men guys in suits, in suits that like, have like silver what? skin yeah like what in what realm? doesn't fit the theme yeah like, of, like i thought they were paint. i thought it was gonna be like a like a, more like a doctor who type twist where it was like oh no there, there's robot men at at the mall or something like, i i thought it was uh like gonna end up being completely unrelated in some way and then pinball wizard was just gonna end up being like his nickname or some shit uh, it didn't really have a lot to do with pinball yeah like that was one of that was my biggest thing because i'm obsessed with theming so like the fact that they didn't find more way they treated it more like an arcade game and like oh you're going up a level and stuff because like that that's not that's not not how pinball works yeah it's not that really so they treat it like an arcade game but the prop was clearly a pinball table so like i I, you would have figured that they would have gone out of their way to like incorporate the pinball theming more like maybe have like yeah. the little like starburst circular bouncer things or like some flippers somewhere or like have the flippers be in front of the exits so that he tries to like get out and then they just like Poof! and they just like knock him back <laughs> or something right uh or like you know have um, uh like this would be way too complicated but like have do something with like the rail like the handrail around the upper floors of the mall being sort of like the rails that the balls can go on and on like a pinball table or something yeah it make it more pinball themed yeah yeah like than how it is like the only thing that really ties it to pinball is the ending yeah where, where the, with the giant the one ball come, or, yeah no yeah with the giant pinball that falls down the escalator yeah yeah so like it it and and that's sort of what i mean by it biting off more than it can chew like it has all this stuff like, it's got the introduction of the girl. The fact that we, we just now know that that kid was working for, like, an evil wizard man? Or... Yeah, some fucking, like... Yeah, I don't even know how to, how to describe him. Or, like, like the... The, uh, the warlock. The, yeah, or, like, I guess the fantasy land of Brigadoon is in that guy's pinball table for some reason? Brigadoon! Like, I don't, I don't really get it. You know, like even now like there are aspects of that where i'm just like uh, like magic uh, land it doesn't like, feel coherent yeah for a lot like, of the runtime it feels like they had to make a lot of compromises to sort of like fit the set that they had fit the costumes that they had like it kind of feels like 
they sort of threw this together after a trip mm-hmm. to like the costume rental place and there's like uh we have all these medieval costumes yeah. we also have a bunch of suits uh <laughs> this was apparently the highest budget episode in the whole season and, uh, yeah yeah i mean it had like that motorized chair it had a bunch of costumes it had that giant spider web uh mm-hmm. like it had a bunch of like constructed things it had that throne oh and the throne like changing sizes and that was fucking crazy yeah there and like even when he had the throne it was like okay like you have to sit on the throne it's probably gonna get bigger or whatever but like it all just it felt like there was uh like a much larger original draft and this was uh or or not even a because i don't i don't think this got a second pass uh, I, it feels like there were ideas left by whoever wrote the episode that they knew they couldn't fit, so they just mm-hmm. skipped over their right, some of these points. But right. they didn't figure out a way to like establish them in a shorter like do they didn't figure out a way to like establish those same points in shorthand. So it just feels like there's stuff that's missing in the logic of this in the internal logic of this story right so i agree as to where to put it yeah that's a hard question i feel like this is going to be a hard one to rank um can you give me your thoughts yeah as to so, where you would put um, it like the episode's really entertaining like it, it just on, I, yeah on I, like I an objective level it's really entertaining however as we already said it's kind of a clusterfuck so it is I I would say bottom third. I I would say Definitely. like I like it less than uh Hungry Hounds for sure. I like it less than the dark music and I like it less than Laughing in the Dark, but I'm not sure if I like it more than Sorcerer's Apprentice or Nightly Neighbors. I think I don't like it more than Sorcerer's Apprentice. I like it more than Nightly Neighbors, I think. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's fair. Um, I think Sorcerer's Apprentice has like a slightest edge on it in terms of like the performance of the main guy and like fucking Quan Chi too mm-hmm. really <laughs> helps with that. Um, I I would say that that episode, if if it didn't have all those like good points that we just talked about, like the high budget sort of Wizard of Oz like kind of craziness. That's what it feels like. Holy shit. That's mm-hmm. exactly what it feels like. It feels like... Wizard of Oz? The very first moments she lands in Oz and the poppies scene. Like, those two moments, if it was your first time seeing the Wizard of Oz and you just, like, came in and out, and, like, say you were, like, bringing in groceries or something, so you were missing chunks of the movie, and you only saw those two in full, and everything else you just saw in, like, brief flashes. Right. That's what that episode kind of feels like. Like, it feels like there was a lot more going on that we just completely fucking missed out on. And so, yeah, I, I but agree. I would say Nightly Neighbors doesn't even have those positive moments. So I think that Pinball Wizard is definitely better than Nightly Neighbors because it still has positive parts. I agree. Whereas Neighbors just like, <sighs> Neighbors is fucking ugh, boring. <laughs> Like, yeah, now that I'm thinking about it, I might like Phantom Cab more than Nightly Neighbors. <laughs> yeah, you think so? Maybe. You know what? Yeah, fuck it. Well, yeah, I agree. I think so. Dr. Vink really pushes that above 
above Nightly Neighbors, I think. Yeah, so uh, with that change, and now that we've placed Pinball Wizard, our current ranking is, and, you know, we can make small adjustments as we feel like we need. Okay. Um, so from bottom to top, it's Prom Queen, Nightly Neighbors, Phantom Cab, Twisted Claw, okay. Pinball Wizard, Sorcerer's Apprentice, Laughing in the Dark, Dark Music, Hungry Hounds, Super Specs, and then our top three are Jake and the Leprechaun, Captured Souls, and The Lonely Ghost. I think I'm pretty comfortable with that, to be honest with you. I, th- yeah. I think I'm super okay with that list for now. Yeah. And obviously, um, um, I feel like we should do this like every time we finish a show. Just like go back yeah. through everything and just like see if it changes at all. Sure, sure. Um, especially, uh, like I would say for episode to episode, let's at least place the one that we've just watched. And then at yeah. the end of each season of a show, we can, like, reassess. Okay, I agree with that. Because, um, I mean, the list is only going to get more dense, obviously, so... Yeah, especially with the tonal shift we're about to come up on. Oh, boy, oh, boy. Alright, well, that was our fucking tier list, I guess. Yeah. I I liked that a lot. I thought yeah. that was very fun. Yeah, that was um, that was really enjoyable. Cool. I like talking shop with you, Jake. I think it's fun. Yeah, likewise. <laughs> All right. Well, join us next time when we uh, attempt another tonal whiplash when we start talking about Tales from the Crypt Season 1, which I did not realize was an HBO show until I started watching. Uh, same, same, which we'll, and I was, we will get we'll to. Get, we'll get there. Oh, will we? Oh, boy. All right. Well, goodbye, everyone. Yeah, spooky Enjoy. bye, guys. We will spooky see you next goodbye. time. See ya. Peace. Hi, everybody. Uh, thanks again for listening to another episode of Let's Get Spooked. If you would like to get in touch with us, there are a couple ways you can do it. We're on Twitter as uh, Get Spooked Pod at Get Spooked Pod on Twitter. And then there's our email, which is Let's Get Spooked at gmail.com. If you really love the show and want to go above and beyond, you can always do so by rating and reviewing the show on Apple Podcasts. But if you hate typing, we'd also just be super grateful if you'd share the show with a friend, especially if that friend is into spooky stuff. It would make these two chums very happy and with all that said we wish you a very fond spooky bye spooky farewell audience see you guys next time